Welcome to the Big Heart Business Show. My name is Carrie Shepard, business strategist, philanthropist, and believer. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs be more, do more, and give more beyond their business, and to do it with more heart and less hustle. Each week on the show, I'll be here with a message or interview from a powerhouse entrepreneur that has built their business by giving back. Together, we will inspire you, fuel you, and get you going with simple action steps and strategies to grow your purpose-driven business. Our philosophy here is that we can change the world one big heart business at a time. Let's get started. This is episode number eight of the Big Heart Business Show. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Adrienne Dorison. Adrian helps entrepreneurs strategically earn more, scale their businesses effectively, and give back to the world in bigger ways. In the last two years, Adrian has crushed $45,000 in debt, left her corporate job to run her now multiple six-figure business, donated over $87,000 and growing to meaningful causes, and helped hundreds of ordinary humans achieve extraordinary results. Welcome to the show, Adrian. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I am excited to have you as well. I'd love for you to kind of share with our audience a little bit of the behind the scenes of your journey, kind of giving them the official bio, but what's the real story of, of how you got to where you are right now? Yeah, so I was, uh, how far back should we go? So I have like a really random degree from a couple universities. So I have a master's and an undergraduate degree uh, in wildlife conservation. I always thought I was going to be like um, working for the government or for a nonprofit, doing like basically saving animals was, mm. was my life goal and purpose and still still is part of, you know, my bigger mission in terms of like what I love doing and what I really care about, which I think is something important, especially on this show, you know, like talking about like, what do we really care about? Like, why do we do the things that we do? So that was my background. And then I actually got hired into a Fortune 500 company doing supply chain and uh, was working in the forestry industry. So my natural resource background was relevant, but I was doing more of a business role at that time. So worked uh, in that corporation for years and also developed a skill set in Lean Six Sigma, which is all around efficiency and performance and how we get more results out of less input or um, more results in less time with less cost, with less waste, all of those things. And so I started my business on the side of that corporate job just because I was feeling really creatively suffocated. I feel I felt like we were doing a lot of really great work that was then not getting approved in terms of, oh, well, we've always done things this way. Mm. So we're just going to keep doing them this way. And really my whole my whole role was based around innovation and how how do we improve, you know, continuously improve the things that we're doing. And it, it just wasn't the right place for me to do that. So I was up against like a value (laughs) friction rub there because I was like, you guys are paying me to do this, but then you don't want me to do it or you're not (laughs) able to implement it. So uh, you're not really using my skill sets. And I felt, I felt really suffocated in that. And so I started 
um, I found the online space and anyone who has like found the online space knows that that's like a snowball effect. You find like one person and then you find like another person and then you find like this Facebook group and then you find <laughs> 47 others and you're like, oh my God, there's like this whole world of people that run their own businesses and are experts at what they do and they've found a way to monetize that on their own outside of a job. And so I never thought like I was never like the kid that thought I'm going to I'm the bracelet maker or the lemonade seller who's going to be an entrepreneur. Like, I don't have that story. I right. thought I was going to be a VP of a corporation. <laughs> mm. So I left um, I left that job about six months after I started this business. So I started this business on the side. I hustled. I worked a lot. Um, during those six months, because, you know, working a full time job, which was a demanding full time job, and then also trying to grow this business. So during those first six months, I paid off forty five thousand dollars of student loan debt. So I paid off all my student loan debt so that when I did leave that job, I felt uh, like I wasn't desperate to get clients or that I had like just a little bit more spaciousness in terms of my growth for the for the business. And, and I was able to leave that job six months after starting this business. And uh, that was in June of 2015. And we've been going strong ever since. So that's a little bit of a background for anyone who, you know, is maybe in the job or just leaving the job or working through the debt or whatever it is. You know, I, I get you all. <laughs> you, you understand that. I well, understand. Yeah. And I'm thinking, too, maybe even you could talk a little bit about what that looked like to mm. really have a full time job and start a business which obviously you did quite well at if you were, you know, paid off that much debt. What did your life look like at that time? And maybe what advice can you give to somebody that's either looking to kind of jump into starting a business or maybe is kind of doing the side hustle thing with a full-time career? Yeah. So being, I had to be really focused, right? Because my schedule actually didn't, my original schedule, what my life looked like before I started the business was not going to work for side hustle Adrian, right? I had to really move around uh, some of my priorities and my the things that I did want to keep doing. Like I'm an advocate of my health. And so I work out all the time. And uh, so what I started doing was working out in the mornings, like super early before my before my corporate job, because I could meet with my my side hustle, like this business, I could meet with those clients at night, but I I couldn't meet with them at like four in the morning. And I was like, okay, well, I can work out that early, then go to my job and then work on the business at night. So what I was doing, I was, I read how Elrod's Miracle Morning, which is one of the greatest um, life changing books. If you're really looking for a, a more intentional way to live your life, uh, I re highly recommend that book. And Hal is an amazing person. Um, but I changed my schedule around. So I was waking up at like four 30 and doing my miracle morning and going to the gym in the morning, getting a couple things done for business, like whether it was like checking in on some emails or a Facebook group or posting, whatever it was, checking in on clients if I had any at the time. And then I would go to work. And I was always like full disclosure with my clients, like I have a day job, right? So sometimes I would meet with clients during my lunch break. Um, I would always typically be working on my business during my lunch break, whether that was like from my office or if I would go home for a lunch break or something like that, or even from, from my car on my phone, like this thing like saved my life in terms mm -hmm. of like running a business while, um, 
while having a job because I could like quickly post something into a Facebook group during my lunch break or send something to my email or whatever it was. Like it was so much more doable with the phone. Um, so then when I would get home from work, I would pretty much work on my business from like maybe 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. and then call it a day and, and yeah. go. And, and I was working on the weekends too. So I had to like tell my then fiance, now husband, I was like, I swear it won't be like this forever. Although mm-hmm. sometimes he's probably like, uh, what changed? But I love what I do. And so that's why it was like, it was actually energizing for me in the evenings where most people are like, Oh my God, like how did you work mm. at night? Or how did you get up in the morning? And I was like, because I had a goal, I had an end in sight, right? Like I knew that my main focus was like paying off this debt so I could leave this job and do what I love on a daily basis. And Mm -hmm. I I was energized by the work that I was doing in the evenings. It was more draining to like, how do I manage my energy during the day at this corporate job that I'm like wishing I was out of. Right. So having gratitude for that in the moment, because it was essentially funding uh, the time, you know, that I had (laughs) to, to run the side business. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's good. Good wisdom to kind of also know that there's an end in sight. And so kind of was your end in sight when you knew when you paid off the debt that you were going to leave the full time job or what was your kind of time frame or that that point that, you knew okay it's time to go full time with the with the side hustle? Yeah, so I originally so when I first started paying off my debt, I didn't have the side hustle. Um, I was just working through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University and I turned my like $48,000 of debt into from like a 25 year repayment plan into a one year repayment plan just with my corporate income. And I wasn't like making, I wasn't even making six figure, like a big six figure salary in my corporate job. Um, but it was just that I got really clear on my budget. I was living on like you know, minimal expenses. And I started giving right from the beginning there when I was paying off my debt, because that showed me like, it got, it got me really clear on what I valued spending my money on, what I needed, what I didn't really need. And so I went for to, to that one year repayment plan. Um, and then once I started the side business, everything that came in from the side business, I was also pouring it onto the debt, which is how it came from a 25 year to a one year, just with the corporate job. And then from a one year to six months, which I just paid it off, you know, as fast as I could. Mm -hmm. So originally, I guess I was thinking um, I would stay at least for that. I was going to be there for the year until I paid off the, the, uh, the debt. And I wanted to have a bigger emergency fund before I left, but I actually got um, approached by one of the VPs. They had like read some of my blogs and they thought that um, what I was doing was not a conflict of interest legally, but um, they wanted me to make a decision in terms of where my focus was going to be. Uh, I could have stayed because, again, there was nothing legally wrong and I was still performing to mm-hmm. above standards. But um, I kind of got the universal nudge that I needed because I think I would have stayed in that job a lot longer just for like the safety net. Um, and it, it kind of forced me to trust myself a little bit sooner. So I think I probably would have stayed after I paid the debt, probably a few more months just to build up my cash. But I didn't, I got pushed out. (laughs) Hey, everything happens for a reason, right? Exactly. I'm thankful for that because I was really making up all these excuses. 
uh, of why I needed to stay longer, right? Like I'm leading these three big projects, like mm-hmm. company wide projects like that I'm the lead on. So who's going to do this without mm-hmm. me, right? Like it'll be so like they'll be lost without me. And I was, like, <laughs> creating all of these reasons why they needed me to stay. And really that was just my own like, safety net of my ego and I, I'm so thankful for that like universal push to be like uh I think you should make a decision yeah. <laughs> and I knew what the decision was as soon as they approached me I was just like okay I wasn't planning for this but I'm ready mm-hmm. yeah it seems like you had had you had it all set up and obviously you had a great um your business was booming so it was yeah. easy to make that transition so let's fast forward a little bit so you're full-time in your business you're working with clients um, talk to our audience a little bit about what that looked like. Cause I know you've transitioned from doing a lot of one-on-one work to groups to, you know, high level mass. Yeah. But <laughs> kind of that, that, um, you know, that journey of what it looks like and kind of how you made those decisions about what the next level and the next step in your business was going to look like. Mm-hmm. So at first, like when I was first in my corporate job, I didn't really have a lot of space for one-on-one clients, right? Like could only take on a couple, uh, and be able to give them the support that I wanted. And so I launched a group program um, pretty soon after starting this business, did very well with that first group program. And then um, once I left the corporate job, I kind of opened up the doors for more one-on-one once I had the capacity and the time to do that. And then I filled my, my one-on-one business. Uh, shortly after that, I started um, – a membership site, which was my more like scalable option. And I went through a couple iterations of that membership site. It needed continual improvement in terms of like niching down a little bit more. Who was this specifically for? Um, and so over like the past two years, I've been like constantly refining and editing and mm. continuously improving the programs that I've had so that I'm really clear on like who I'm serving and why I'm serving them. And and um, really just listening into like what I really love to do and what I feel I'm really best at. And so at the end of last year, um, I just really did like a full overhaul of all my programs, which were really nicely laid out for like Mm -hmm. different stages of business. I had my whole scalable plan and then I really came back to, myself and said like what is the positioning in the marketplace you want to have um and how do you love working with people and when i asked and who who do you best serve right Mm -hmm. and when i asked myself those questions i really had to remove the the membership site and the brand newbies like people who were just starting their business uh were not my like not who i best served i think that there's other people out there that can serve them better faster mm-hmm. and then once people have an existing business that's who uh i can really grow and scale them much more effectively uh so i had to make a big decision to like cut my scalable program basically and the other thing i asked myself was like how do you like how do you love working with people and it was more intimately it was like through that everything like had to do with connection like my word last year was connection and i really love being able to like dive deep with people whether it's like on a one day uh vip like intensive or a year long mastermind or an in person retreat like i loved the experience of getting getting to like dive deeply into someone's business so that I could actually solve their problems versus um, trying to do it with a program that uh, I just didn't see them going through or getting as much um, as as 
big of results as quickly as I wanted them to. And this sort of like, I had this aha moment when one of my membership site students won a free 30 minute call with me. And that free 30 minute call that they got was like, probably 10 times more effective for them than the three months that they had spent spinning their wheels on their own, like not on their own, but it was just so mm-hmm. much more challenging for them with the course materials or with group calls. And I was like, you know what? Like I'd rather people just save their money and spend it on me on a one day intensive because they're going to get way more value from that than uh, trying to convince themselves to go through materials that they're not using. So mm. I've had like a lot of back and forth, but I think it's like always, um, you know, going in and like seeing like, what do you, how do you really love working with people? Because a lot of people uh, in the industry and in the online space, we're basically preaching a message of like, if it's not scalable, it's, it's not right. And I pretty much went the opposite direction and said, I'm cutting my scalable program only way to work with me now is one-on-one mastermind or retreats, right? Like in person, which is the opposite of what people were saying I should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you really have to listen in because not everything should be scalable in my opinion, right? Like there are some things that are better left uh, the way they're meant to be or how you can effectively get more people better results faster. And and so you have gone through a lot of like evolution as it relates to offers. And I think that most people do. It's like so important to be willing to just listen and shift when you need to. Yeah. I mean, I think you bring up a great point. You have to have that willingness, willingness and, you know, watching you let go of a, of a program that. That was my million dollar program this year. Yeah, and you, I mean, you <laughs> no had, <more>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had to let that go, and it was really inspiring to watch. I mean, it's been inspiring to watch you kind of let things go and then give room and space for new things to come in. Yeah. And I think just kind of watching your journey, even from moving from corporate to full time, you know, testing things, figuring out what you like. And I think one of the things that I see a lot of, especially newer entrepreneurs, struggle with is that they want to help everybody. They want to have, you know, one-on-one and a group and a mastermind and a retreat. So what would you tell somebody that's, you know, starting and they feel like that need to be everywhere and the need to help everybody? What kind of advice would you give them to maybe shorten the the timeline? Yeah, to shorten that up for them. Um, I would say that you're doing the people that you're meant to serve major injustice, like a disservice by trying to serve everyone because you're not effectively serving everyone. And the people that you're meant to serve can't even find you because you're trying to serve everyone. And so then your message is diluted. Um, your positioning is unclear. And the people that really do need you and that you can most uh, like specifically support you're not doing it, right? So whenever I tell that to people, like, then they're like, oh, no, I'm not helping the people that I'm supposed to help, right? And, like, Mm -hmm. that might get you to, you know, whether it's niching down or focusing on one specific offer first and selling that thing out and then moving on and seeing, like, what's next for you. But I think if you're trying to do all the things for all the people, essentially you're doing nothing for for nobody. Um, (laughs) And, like, my goal in my business is – like my mission is also centered uh, in helping people get results, right? Like how do I help more people earn more money, get more profitable so they can give more back to the world, right? But that doesn't mean that they have to get those results through me. And that was always something that I like 
just um, really centered on when I started my business and when I, you know, started getting unsubscribes or people who um, found someone through me. Right. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like you found Carrie through my podcast or through my group. Like, Mm -hmm. that's great. Right. Like you have to start being okay. Like I had to start like clicking in like, oh, that's that's good because I'm not everyone's messenger. Right. So if my goal for my audience, for my community is to help them get results, then I have, I have to also be okay with some of those people might not get the best results from me, but if I can introduce them to the right people or give them the, the right tools, whether that's for free or, you know, through a podcast or through a recommendation, then that's part of my mission, right? And I think a lot of people um, grasp too tightly to I have to help everyone. It's like, but you're actually helping them more by putting them in touch with the right people who can help them more specifically. So when I let go of this membership site, I made really um, like intentional uh, strategic partnerships with people who do help newbies and people that are just starting their business and that they're, they're better at that than I am. Right. So I'm like, okay, if I'm not going to be doing that, I know that I still have people in my audience who are looking for that type of support. So I need to make sure that I have the right people to refer them to because those people can actually help them better than I can. And I believe that that's my role to like part of my mission to like send them to the right people. Right. So I think like really focusing on, on what your position in the marketplace is and who you specifically know you serve best so that you can actually serve them. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the same thing that you talked about before is connection. So your connection with other people, but then also connecting those people together. So I think that's really great. And that always feels really good, right? Yeah. Like people, people remember that, whether it's like you connecting them with the right mentor or the mentor being thankful that you connected them with the right client um, or even just someone who, oh, I like, you know, you should meet Carrie. She's, you know, super interested in X, Y, Z. I think you guys would get along well. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that, uh, that helps your business <laughs> way faster than <laughs> anything else I've seen. Yeah. And just that kind of reminds me too, or, or helps to remember that there's more than enough that, you know, just because that client decided to work with somebody else, there's another client, you know, waiting in line for, you know, to work with you. That's going to be that perfect fit. So always and every time I've like released the, the programs or the people that I don't serve best or that like aren't in my like prodigy zone um, or that weren't like the perfect fit client, not because they're a bad person or they're, a, you know, anything's wrong with them. It's just that like we weren't necessarily a good fit. Anytime that I've released that, um, like the perfect people have come in, right? Like people that I'm like, oh yeah, like that's why I sent so-and-so to this other person because they're a perfect fit and that left room for someone else to come in who really is meant to be supported by me. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I want to kind of uh, transition a little bit and start talking about what your give back plan looks like. Now, obviously, um, in your introduction, I already shared with our audience that you've donated over $87,000. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. And I know you also have your own charity. So just kind of talk us through what your give back plan and looks like in your business and why that's so important to you. Yeah, so giving has been a part of my life since uh, early early childhood. Um, I lived with my mother, uh, single single alcoholic abusive mother, um, for a good chunk of my young childhood. And at that time, there were certain situations where she had to be 
taken away for weekends by law enforcement. And I was with my like she would leave me with her friends for the weekend um, to take care of me while she was gone. And one of the things that we did one weekend with my my mother's friend was we went to Tony Robbins Thanksgiving Basket Brigade. And that was my first experience with giving ever in my life. And what we did there, I don't know if anyone knows that program, but it still exists to this day um, where he, around Thanksgiving time, he feeds like millions and millions of families and we you donate uh, food items and you pack them up into this like Thanksgiving bag, like think of like a brown bag, and then you deliver them to families. And at that time in my life, I realized that even though like my life was pretty much like I felt like my life was in shambles or that like I was in fear. I was unloved. I felt unsafe at home. I always had food. Like I did always have food on, on my table. And so it showed me like the law of relativity, right? Like at a very early age, I didn't know I was learning the law of relativity. I just knew that like, even though my life looks like this, I can be thankful that at least I have food and Mm -hmm. I can, I just knew that like giving to these people made me really happy, right? Like I knew that it felt really good Mm -hmm. to be able to have nothing and give something away. And so throughout my adult life, I, or like early adult life, I was giving, but not consistently. And once I started paying off my debt, I like made a commitment to myself. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go through this debt repayment and I'm going to follow Dave Ramsey's advice and like consistently give. And that allowed me to like really reduce my expenses because again, law of relativity, um, wow, I have a lot, even when I feel like I have a little, you know, and and giving with my hands and heart was always a big part of that because you can give financially, but like when you can go and like be with people and serve and like see that it's, it's a much more tangible like experience to be like, Oh yeah, like I have a lot. (laughs) Um, so I started giving, uh, 10% of my income, even when throughout my debt repayment process and people were like, you're crazy. Like you're, this is the time in your life when you're like trying to get out of debt. Like, what are you doing? Why are you giving away money now? Um, but I, I think it helped me get out of debt way faster because I kept my eyes on the prize. I was super focused at keeping my expenses really low. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I paid it off really fast. Right. So from day one, our mission in the business has always revolved around generosity as well and making sure that we had a give back model baked into the business. So I hear a lot of people, whether you're beginning or you've been at this for years, like they don't know how to start giving. And the truth is you need to bake it into the business model, right? Like mm-hmm. how does that fit into your pricing structure? How does it fit into um, the mission that you have and the message that you share with the world and like, what do you really care about and be, you know, financially giving to those causes or be giving with your hands and heart in other places. So that was something that we did from day one. And we um, bounced around from a couple different organizations in the beginning, trying to find one that like really felt like the right fit for us. And I was also really adamant about doing a lot of research. And I am adamant like with my clients about like when they're building this um, or when they're baking this give back model into their businesses, uh, making sure we do the research so that our intention of what we like want to be doing is actually mm-hmm. matching what we're really doing in the field, which isn't always the case with um, 
some of these nonprofits or for-purpose organizations. So I finally found an organization that I clicked well with. I believed in their mission and I connected with the founder and we've been getting to the Adventure Project, which is an organization that supports entrepreneurship in third world countries. So we're not giving handouts, we're providing jobs for people because uh, most people do not want handouts. They want jobs and that actually is much more sustainable for the communities and um, the people in general, as well as, uh, their economies and their confidence. And so yeah. uh, we've partnered with them and uh, we, yeah, we give away a lot of money. And the other piece of that is um, helping my clients also bake that into their business models if, if they don't already have that right. uh, because we can start giving now. And so I've had lots of my clients, you know, find this thing that they feel most hungry and excited about because I do believe that that also creates motivation for us. Uh, when we're giving, then we have a cause outside of ourselves that we can get fired up about, that we can like feel on fire for when we have a bad day in business or we're just like unmotivated. And this happens, especially as you start hitting like really big financial goals and you're like, okay, now what? Right? Mm -hmm. Like when you start, every, yeah, like every level of success that you ever wanted, it can be monotonous, which sounds really bad and sad, but it's true. And I've talked to people that are building six, seven, eight figure businesses and they need this thing outside of themselves to have that purpose for, to be wanting to make more money for. Mm -hmm. um, so that's uh, where we've been giving. I also have uh, the for purpose side of movement mission of my business, which is called good businesses do good. And I take people through the earn more to give more process in my coaching and in my framework, which is like, we got to get comfortable earning more money so that we can give more back to the world. And like, how do we grow our businesses strategically to be able to do that? So those are some of the things that um, have, have already happened. And then there's like lots more in terms of vision for the future of what we're doing. Um, and my dog even has a lot to do with that. So that's like five year Adrian into the future. Mm. Yeah, that's really exciting. And I like the way you talk about, you know, really finding um, an organization that you're really fired up about. And that makes such a big difference. What kind of advice would you give somebody if they were looking at kind of your terminology, baking this give back plan into their business? What could that look like? Or what are some maybe first steps that they could start to take? Yeah, so I think it's important to like sit with yourself, first of all, and just kind of, uh, this is like a process that I go through with, you know, with people in the earn more to give more process of like, what do you really care about, right? Like what pisses you off in the world, right? Those are some good key indicators of like what you might want to support socially, environmentally, politically, um, whether it's with your hands and your heart, like in service, or if it's financially um, but I think you, when you, when you're baking it into the business model, number one, we have to find out what you, like, what you care about enough to do something about, right? There's a lot of things I care about, but there's only a few things I care enough about to do something about, which is, um, maybe a harsh, uh, truth, but a reality, right? Because we could all think about a million things that are, like, on our heart to do something about, but unless we're, like, actually gonna do something, then those can be causes we care about or we want to support, but not necessarily something that we're willing to bake into the business model, right? So number one, identifying like what that thing is for you and then looking at how you specifically want to be giving or how that organization could best be supported by you, right? So mm -hmm. for 
some, they do need your financial support, right? And that's something that you can absolutely bake into your business model in terms of looking at your cost and your pricing structure, looking at um, how can we make this work? How can we add that into our margins before we even price anything just so that we know that we're able to do that or that that's a top priority for us? It mm-hmm. might mean we profit less, um, but if, if, the, if the profit model is sustainable, with the give back in it, then I'm cool with profiting less, right? So I actually infuse give goals into my business versus uh, income goals. So this year, like my mentor was asking me, she's like, what are your financial goals? Like I was, you know, filling out a form like we do. And I was like, actually, I don't have like a financial goal for myself because I don't really uh, care what like that income goal is. It's like I have a give goal uh, mm-hmm. and my give goal for this year is $100,000. And so last year and the year before, between those two years, we gave about 87,000. So to do 100,000 in this year, like if we do the math, if I was, if I was earning a million dollars, that would be 10%. I'm going to either have to earn more money this year or I'm going to have to give more. Either one is fine with me. Right. But I know that like that's my Mm -hmm. give goal. And to me, that's more important. And I'm willing to take a payroll cut for myself or, um, you know, get creative with our pricing structures to figure out how to do that. So for me, it's give goals. Um, the other thing is like, so if, if, if the organization maybe doesn't need your financial support, you, that's not the only way to give. So I've seen some really cool organizations where they're hiring, um, you know, women of domestic violence, like who have been previously, you know, been victims of domestic violence mm-hmm. or sex trafficking or things like that, where you can uh, provide someone a job or a veteran a job or whatever it is like that's like on your heart. Um, that's another really great way to bake that into your business model. Some of the things that are not necessarily baked into my business model, but still part of what we do is like my dog is a, a literacy and a therapy dog. And that's something that's like on our heart to like go serve with him. And so he has like in the past had like students that read to him, um, And so that one is just something we share and we model for people that this is another way that you can be giving. And he's gone to nursing homes and things like that. And we're going to be working on a for purpose. There's a big difference between a for purpose and a nonprofit. A huge fan of the for purpose because I believe in profitability. Um, And I think that those those organizations are, are going to be much more successful and much more popular into the future. But the for purpose that we're working on is to bring therapy dog work to uh, children of domestic violence, because that was my that was my life. Right. And if I had had this dog that like shows this unconditional love and support, I think that there's a lot of healing to be had there. So like that's going to be part of our business model. So you want to be thinking about these things. Um, at the beginning or now, right? I don't want people to be waiting, but you have to really find something that lights you up and be patient with that. Sometimes it takes a little time, but with some journaling, with some visioning, like you can really start to understand what you actually care enough about to do something about, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll want to earn more money for it, right? I think all of these organizations could use financial support, but if you can be giving with your hands and heart, that's another added benefit, Um, yeah, but I think just sitting with yourself, we're at a time in the world where there's a lot of opportunities to be giving back. There's a lot of very obvious opportunities to be giving back. And I think it also helps a lot. Like, I believe it helps align the right customers with your organization when you're telling, like you're basically telling the world, this is what we care about. If you care about this too, 
we probably have a lot of the same values. So I think that giving back and like modeling that for your community can also be um, a good selling point for some people like that. They're going to there. It helps them make a decision on whether or not they want to work with you or a competitor. Right. Like that might be the deciding factor. And that's statistically proven that people uh, want to be supporting organizations who are socially and environmentally doing good. Yeah. Um, I, and I like the way that you talk about the fact that because that was going to be one of my questions is, do you recommend somebody just picking one organization? But I like the way you laid it out that, you know, maybe there's one organization that you're giving to financially. There's another organization that you're doing more of the hands and heart, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just seeing where you're led and how it can kind of layer on top of each other. And yeah. I feel like once you get started, there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of organizations that you're going to find. And, you know, maybe it's one for one year and then the next year you change. So I think that's something. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say like, don't, you know, don't be afraid to try things out. Right. And, and like you said, like test things out and see, like, do I really love this? And that thing might lead you to something else that you didn't even know existed. Right. Like, I didn't even get know that started. Like, get started. Right. And like doing that work, you're going to be like, Oh my God, I need more of this. And, and like financially, you know, the organization that I give to financially, the adventure project, um, they're not local to me. I'm actually going to be going to Africa with them this year. I'm so excited That's to be awesome. doing that work, but they're not local to me. So like you said, like, it might be easier for me to give with my hands and heart a little bit more locally on an ongoing basis. Right. right. So I think it's, I think it's just going to, you know, this could be something you do with your spouse or your friends or your kids, um, but get yourself out in the community because I think you'll also be like more in love with your own community too when you go and do some of that work. Making such a difference. Mm-hmm. So when you think about everything that you're doing, both in your business and your personal life, and then obviously with everything that you're doing to give back, what do you feel like that big change is that you want to make in the world? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, that's a deep one. <laughs> I think that um, I think that I'm here right now, like my mission right now, like what I feel I've been called to serve with is helping business owners earn, get getting comfortable with earning more money, getting strategic to earn more money so that they can give back in bigger ways so that they can like really find that meaning and that purpose in their business, which is not a financial goal, right? Like as much as you think that that's your goal and that's your purpose, it's not. Um, and when we find that cause that we want to give back to, I think that we just like light up and create more happiness within ourselves than we ever could have found in, in, in a financial goal or another Mm -hmm. metric or another, you know, even just serving directly through your business will get stale, right? So like, how can we be serving beyond that? So I really feel like my mission is to earn more, to give more, which is is my program and it's um, how I want to be serving people because I think that we're at a really unique uh, position in our economy right now that we've never had these uh, opportunities, right, as entrepreneurs to create limitless income, to be the the people creating lots of progress and, and creating opportunity and advancing our world. And like, if we can do that, and if we can bake the give back into all of our business models, like imagine how, how quickly we could change the world. Like we are the future and Mm -hmm. we know that, but we have to build that into what we're doing and um, always be reminding ourselves that it's not about us, right? Like it's, it's about what we're doing with what we're creating. 
Oh, I love that so much. And, you know, that's a big reason why I wanted to start this show is because I think we talk so often about giving back and making yeah. impact and doing these kind of things. But what does that really look like? Yeah. And it looks, you know, even with the interviews that I've done thus far, it looks a little different for each and every person. And, you know, it's just giving us the idea of that it, it just, you just have to start to get it started and that it doesn't have to look like giving back six figures in one year. You know, it doesn't have to look the same way it looks for you or, or myself. And so, um, you know, I really appreciate you sharing all that and giving, you know, giving our audience such tangible takeaways on the very next steps that they can take. So thank you for that. Thank you. Um, so let's transition into our lightning round. I've got a couple of quick questions to ask you and then we'll wrap up. Cool. Um, so number one, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh my gosh. Um, I would say it was probably Dave Ramsey's like, you know, paying off my, to pay off my debt and make that a really big priority. Cause that's just snowballed and changed the rest of my life. Really, really dramatically. Great. Um, number two, what is your favorite quote, mantra or Bible verse? Mm. I'm going to go with a mantra and I guess I'll say that, see, I don't memorize any of these things. <laughs> like, I don't know, whatever I said to myself this morning. <laughs> um, I think what is, what is the quote where it's like, whether you think you can or you think you can't, that is, you're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. a good one. <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah. I always remind myself of that when I'm like spiraling out of control, right? Mm -hmm. That's a good one to have in the back of your mind, right? <laughs> um, you've already mentioned one, but what book would you recommend to our audience and why? Yeah, so Miracle Morning is a really great book. Um, I would definitely recommend that by Hal Elrod, especially if you need to like, get more intentional with your days and with your mornings. And then the other book that I'm, uh, oh, that I just read that has nothing to do with your business. It has everything to do with like you as a human being is love warrior. Have you read it? I have read it. Oh my gosh. So moving. So good. Yeah. Like yeah. just about like being more like, and just, just so inspired by her truth. Right. Like, mm. yeah, that was, that was a good one for me. And I actually listened to the audio of that, which she, she, which read. she read, and it was like, I mean, I felt like I a little kid, like, just sitting there listening to her read the story. I mean, it was. I bet that's good with her reading it, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I might have to read. I might have to get that, too. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend that to okay. add to it. Um, and then last lightning round question. What's one thing you do every day that helps you stay in action towards your mission? Hmm. Yeah, so one thing that I do every day is move my body. So uh, whether it's yoga, I went to yoga this morning, or CrossFit, or a spin class, or even just a really long walk with my dogs, um, that just gets me, like, gets me motivated, and it also is, like, a win for me, like, really early on in the day, like, that I don't, it, it's a built, again, it's, like, baked into my day. I don't make a decision around it because I know that I – like the way that I feel afterwards. I like the way that I feel about myself and it gets me like going and moving and accomplishing something for myself really early on in the day. And I guess um, 
I know that I wasn't allowed to have two, but my second one is just like really identifying what my most important mission is, right? Like, and why I'm doing that thing. So instead of having like a huge to-do list, I have like, what is the one thing that's going to move the needle forward towards that mission or, you know, that goal or, you know, thing that is most important to me in my life every single day? Because to-do lists are just like really overwhelming. Yes. Yes. Keeping it simple. I like that. Yeah. Adrian, thank you so much. I really appreciate everything that you've shared with our audience today. And I just, I love the work that you're doing in the world. I think you're such a strong example um, of how you can really ebb and flow in a business and that it doesn't have to look the same and to really be able to stand out in an industry that is very noisy mm-hmm. and uh, just to do things differently. So I just really appreciate everything that you're doing. I really appreciate you being um, a guest on this show and I love everything you shared about how you're giving back in such big ways. And I absolutely know you're going to crush that goal of 100K this year. So I'm excited to see you celebrating that. So. Yeah, see, that gets you pumped up. Thank you for having me. This is yeah, awesome. Thank you. And where's the best place that our audience can connect with you? They can go to adriandorison.com. Um, that has links to my podcast and free resources. Uh, the podcast is where people can, you know, find me on a weekly basis. But yeah, if they just go to adriandorison.com, everything will be there. And we're, we're looking nice and new over there now too. So. Fantastic. And we'll make sure we link everything in the show notes for everybody to make it super easy. Um, so again, thank you so much. And thank you to our audience for listening. I hope that you got a ton out of this um, episode, which I know you did. It might even be a good one to go back and listen to again. So until next time, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Big Heart Business Show. If you know someone that could benefit from this information, I would so appreciate it if you shared the love. And make sure to subscribe to this channel and leave a review. One last thing. If you're ready to fuel your big heart business with a consistent flow of cash and clients, head on over to kerryshepherd.com forward slash free guest to access a very special video series I created just for you. And don't forget... We are changing the world one big heart business at a time.